To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Welcome to the Death Panel. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do any of this without you. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, share the show with your friends, post about your favorite episodes, order a copy of Health Communism, or request it at your local library, and follow us at deathpanel underscore. So we have a really great show for you today, a very spicy topic and a very packed panel. Today, we have myself, my co-host, Abby Cardis. Hello. And Jules Gill-Peterson. Hello. And the three of us are joined by returning guests and fan faves, Marquezelle, Mikey, Mercedes, and Monica Creedy. Mikey is a writer, creator, and doctoral student from the Bronx, New York. As a presidential fellow at the Brown University School of Public Health, she works at the intersection of critical public health studies, fat studies, and scholarship on racism, examining how racism, anti-blackness, and fat phobia have shaped healthcare, research, and public health. Mikey is also the co-host of the podcast, Unsolicited Fatties Talk Back. Mikey, welcome back to the death panel. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I'm so excited. So, so, so excited and so happy to be here. Hell yes. And Monica, we're so happy to have you back too. Monica is a public health communicator and strategist who studies anti-fatness in healthcare and public health and advocates for addressing the structural determinants of health through widespread social change. She provides training and technical assistance to help clinicians, policymakers, and researchers understand the flaws of weight-centric health systems and imagine fat-positive healthcare and health policy. Monica, welcome back to the Death Panel. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute dream to be here. I am so grateful that everyone's schedules aligned to make all five of us being on this recording possible today because we are talking about a topic that you know, we sort of need everyone's combined expertise to address, which is Ozempic. If you're unfamiliar with what Ozempic is, which I have a hard time imagining that this is the case and that there is a person (laughs) out there who does not know what Ozempic is. But, you know, just in case, Ozempic is a type 2 diabetes drug made by the Danish pharmaceutical company Novo Nordisk. It's part of a class of drugs that has recently become a blockbuster market called GLP-1 agonists. Ozempic is basically just a weekly injectable that works by mimicking the action of a hormone called glucagon-like peptide 1, GLP-1, which helps to regulate blood sugar levels. So prescribing Ozempic off-label and others like it, such as Monjaro or generic semaglutide, is the latest trendy pharmaceutical product being used for weight loss. And the U.S. has also just approved something called Wagovi, which is a double dose of Ozempic just for weight loss, not for type 2 diabetes used off-label, which is slated to also soon be available in the United Kingdom from the NHS. And uh, Novo Nordisk is... (laughs) Operating profits are up 58% since 2017, which is the year that Ozempic was introduced. And in the last year, in 2022, their diabetes care sales, which includes Ozempic, jumped by 56%. And their so-called obesity care sales, which includes Wagovi, shot up 101%. So that's just to give you an idea of some of the scale of the demand shift over the last year. And this is not just about this one drug or these drugs. As we discussed the last time that we had Mikey and Monica on, we're living through a really important cultural moment for the medicalization of fatness. And the many varied and terrible takes on Ozempic come from both positions for and against Ozempic. And what is clearly ultimately a kind of growing trend towards, quote unquote, treating obesity like a disease. 
And in that framework, Ozempic features as a central component of what some are calling the quote-unquote obesity revolution. And as I've been prepping for this episode, I've been thinking a lot about something that Jules said in an interview that she and I did for The New Inquiry last year before she joined the panel, which was about you know resisting attacks on trans life through an embrace of a radical material politics that unequivocally supports trans life. And Jules, you said, quote, in our current moment, the loudest speaking positions are egregious and excruciating and complementary in their antagonism. And that is very much also describing what we're going to get into today. Every side of this argument is a slightly different representation of anti-fatness. Mm. So we're going to talk about the different arguments for and against Ozempic to really give us a chance to talk about the broader context here, which is characterized by this complementary antagonism towards fat people. The conversation about medicalization and fatness is not about the medicalization of fatness itself, but about how and why we should innately think of fatness through a medical lens, the kind of right of the medical community to this group of people as a patient group. And also how what American culture talks about through a medical lens becomes then a problem where the intervention is pharmaceutical. Again, both for and against are excruciating in their anti-fatness. And this <laughs> is the main theme here. From all angles right now, you know, there are a couple of things happening to cement the medicalization of fatness as a new dominant framework. And it's happening kind of across the board here in what we're going to cover today. To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.